0: Today, we're going to take a look at the Braden scale for predicting pressure sore risk and give you some tips and hints for how to do it so that you get the most out of the Braden scale. The Braden scale is one that has been tested extensively for validity and reliability and has been um, recommended by the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality as having sufficient research done on it to justify its use in clinical practice. The Braden scale is divided into six subcategories, and you score each category to and add the category sc- scores together to determine the person's risk. The higher the score, the lower the person's risk, so it, it operates on an inverse um, scale. What you want to do after you look at each of the six categories is to try to figure out from each risk score area um, if there is a modifiable risk area that can be changed and that's where you put care plan interventions into place. So the six categories are sensory perception, moisture, activity, mobility, nutrition, and friction and shear. I'm going to take just a um, brief look at each of them. You do want to make sure that you are doing hands-on assessment with the patient. When you look at the sensory perception category, this is the patient's ability to respond meaningfully to pressure-related discomfort. This is different than them possibly experiencing pain. You may have a diabetic who is unable to um, sense pressure-related discomfort, but who may have pain in their legs from a neuropathy, so that's an important point to remember. So there's two levels of response for this. One is the um, patient's ability to communicate pain to the nurse, and the other is the patient's ability to feel pain. So for example, you may have someone who... um, has advanced dementia, end-stage dementia, who can no longer communicate verbally, who may be able to feel pain, but may not be able to communicate that adequately to you. On the other hand, you may have someone who has had um, a stroke or who has diabetes who has lost the ability to feel pain. As we move on to moisture, what they're looking for there is the degree to which skin is exposed to moisture. And um, it's pretty straightforward. Um, How often the skin is exposed to moisture are are how the categories are sorted out. This is is not only urine from incontinence, but also includes perspiration and wound drainage. So don't forget that when you're taking a look at um, that category. For activity, what they're talking about is the person's degree of physical activity activity. And generally we're talking about their ability to be up and about. So is the person um, bed fast? Are they chair fast? um, Do they walk occasionally or do they walk frequently? One thing that you want to remember in this category is what the patient actually does and not what they're capable of. A person may be capable of walking inside their room Um, at least every two hours during waking hours but they may not do it and so if they don't do that then you would have to list them as walking occasionally rather than walking frequently. As we look at the mobility category this is their ability to change and control their body position so we're talking about their ability to move about either in the bed or the chair so we're looking at their position changes And the categories are pretty self-explanatory, but you do want to remember that what we're talking about here is their ability to make meaningful changes to relieve pressure. It may be someone who moves their legs constantly, um, but they're not really getting off pressure points, so keep in mind that we're talking about getting off of the pressure points. Nutrition is the next category, and again, there's two levels of response for this one. The first one is for people who do have oral intake, and um, we are looking at not only how much percentage-wise of their meals that they eat, but also looking at their protein intake. And that's a piece that is often overlooked is how much protein is the um, patient taking in. The other um, level of response is for people who are not um, taking oral intake, and it would be if they are MPO, if they're on liquids of any kind, or tube feedings. And the one thing you need to remember is when they are on tube feedings or TPN, they can never be um, at the highest score. Um, No matter how well they're formula suits them and how well nourished they are with the tube feeding or the TPN a three is the highest they could ever score in that category. Friction and shear is the last category on the Braden and um, it basically wants to know about the person's potential for friction and for shearing um, while they're in a bed or a chair. So you really do want to take a look at that and it talks about um, the person's ability to reposition themselves or to keep themselves from sliding. One thing you want to remember is that the brain does not cover all risk categories. Um, One thing you want to do is look at diagnoses that the patient has After you've completed your Braden scale and added up the score, if the person has a history of a previous stage 3 or 4 pressure ulcer, if they experience or suffer from um, end-stage renal disease, or if they're diabetic, that automatically pushes them into one um, risk category higher than they would have been by the score alone. You really want to use your experience and your training um, as you're doing the the uh, Braden scale. Think about those comorbidities and how they might affect a resident or a patient. And as you're developing your care plan, try to really individualize it because no two pressure ulcer care plans should look alike. And by doing that, you really will minimize the um, risk for a person under your care. Thank you for listening to today's um, podcast on tips for completing the Braden scale.